Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's episode 187. That's right, 187. That is not befitting of this episode because this is the most wholesome episode you will ever hear. Welcome to One Man's Opinion, one and all. Thank you for making this podcast this program a part of your day however you've chosen to do so we love all the people that have subscribed downloaded uh liked favorited hearted uh commented on this podcast wherever you have found it whether that's on the Sirius XM app or Google Play or Apple iTunes or whatever we appreciate each and every one of you. Welcome to it. I am Jeff Mance. You hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87 on your Sirius XM dial. I host a show called Elite Sports, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Also the host of Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show during the NFL regular season, also on that network. And that is from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm part owner and also the chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. That is the place to be. Football season is far from over. The Nothing is over. The only time I, I've had this realization during the week, nothing's over if you could still win. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you may say the fantasy football season's over because you, you missed out on the playoffs or you lost in the playoffs in the season, but I'm going to, build a DFS lineup this week. And I have really good history on Christmas week. And I'm going to make a ton of bets and prop bets and parlays. And I'm going to continue to win. And I'm going to do that through the middle of February in, in the NFL season. So yeah, nothing's over. And for 50 bucks, you can have all the rest of the season. If you can't win $50 back at the bare minimum and learn something and hang out with the largest active community in fantasy sports, then I don't know what you're doing. Makes a great holiday present. We have gift cards available, fantasyguru.com. Again, use the promo code HOHO. All of our discount packages are already, or, or packages are discounted. Membership levels, NBA, NHL, all of our other sports. We cover all of them. Data, shows, podcasts, it's all available to you. And then uh, on top of the discounted prices, you also get the $25 off the top. Ho-ho, H-O-H-O, the promo code there. Any questions or looking to upgrade your membership, hit us up, support at fantasyguru.com. My man, Ted Schuster, be happy to help you out in that regard. You can follow me, Jeff Vance, on social media, on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it. At the at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans, all one word everywhere else Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Threads, and Blue Sky. Yeah, I'm adding some new ones to the mix, everybody. So, uh, social media coming to you. Follow me on those locations there as well. Remember, this is an uncensored podcast, which means we're not going to be, we're not playing political correct game here. We're going to curse. I'm going to say the naughty words. I'm going to talk about, I don't know, maybe religion and politics. I don't know. Uh, I'll talk about sex. I'll talk about booze and drugs. I'll talk about anything. Who knows? That's why you got to put the noise canceling headphones in. You put your AirPods in. Uh, don't go around kids or in like, don't be listening to the show in church or anywhere else you may do. And if you do, it's your own risk because I warned you 
Fuck faces. I warned you. See, I just did it. Fuck faces. Fuck, 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 fuck. I just did it. How dare you not get the right audience in front of you. This is a special episode today. Uh, top five Christmas. That's what I'm calling it. Why? Because I went through, I've, I get asked a lot. So I'm a, I'm bigger than Clark Griswold and the old man from a Christmas story and buddy, the elf. I'm, if you combined all of these fictional characters into one real life, big, hairy, Irish, gross faced machine, that would be me. I am as into Christmas and the Christmas season as anybody could ever imagine. And, uh, I am that person that likely annoys the majority of you, but I'm way into it. So in that spirit, I get asked a lot of questions around the holidays, everything from favorite songs and movies, of course, to like what traditions do we do? Uh, people ask me in the Manscaped Discord room, you know, how many Christmas trees are up at my house? So I'm going to, I've got a breakdown. I went through over the last couple weeks and did my top fives and I got like, 30 categories. I have no idea how many I will get to today. I have no idea. I'm going to play it by ear and just talk about everything, uh, maybe movies and, and my memories and uh, traditions that I have, like un Christmas movies, underrated Christmas movies, because we all know the same one. I'm going to get into all of that here on the show today. There's also going to be plenty of fantasy football talk there as well. So, we're doing both today. This is going to be my Christmas special. Next week, I'm going to do a lot of uh, end of season sort of wrap up from the NFL season, rights and wrongs. We'll do that over the next two weeks because we won't be able to squeeze it all into the New Year's episode. But that's the way we're going here, everybody. So, uh, and reminder, you know, I just want to be clear that if you're a member over fantasyguru.com, one thing is every year around the holidays, depending on where the Christmas and New Year's and everything falls, I try as the guy in charge, I suppose, I try to give the, our team as much time with their families and friends. And um, I don't want to say time off because there's never time off for our team. They know what's expected of them. They know we our number one obligation is not to have fun and enjoy our holiday. It's to make sure everybody's taken care of and has the best fucking content possible. In that spirit, though, I ask from our members that there are certain things this week that we are not doing. A recap article, for instance, um, uh, snap counts and red zone, like things that are useful and very good. We are going to move. We just need to allocate our time better so we get all the DFS plays, all the bets, all the people in playoffs and consolation brackets or make sure we have all the latest good positive news and the best information there. You know, the, uh, the other stuff, the big, you know, the studies that we do every single week over at fantasyguru.com, that's going to take a pause during the holiday. And if you want to blame somebody because your favorite piece is not uh, up, mind you, every ranking and projection, everything's fucking locked in. But any of the, the regular stuff, if you're going to blame somebody, blame me, because I, I we try to arrange it so that our team has the most possible time. So um, you could blame me for any of that. All right. So uh, it'll all get done. You know, everything but the fluff. And by the fluff, I mean like the research pieces that you know, we're not doing end of the, the rest of season. It's fucking week to week. Right. We're playing week to week. We worry about week 16 this week. Uh, some other things from week 15 recap. I thought 
I like Saturday games. I thought having three were too many. We'll see this week. There's only two, the Bengals, Steelers, Bills, and Chargers. Uh, I think that's a nice mix for Saturday. Don't need to start it at 1 p.m. Eastern time. I think that was the third game was a little superfluous in my opinion. Right. But, the you know, the games on Saturday were pretty good. Uh, Arthur Smith should be fired in Atlanta. Of course, the you know, fucking Cowboys lose. The Eagles lose. I mean, teams this season, if it hasn't taught you that every time you think you've solved the riddle, there's going to be a new layer to it. That's the 2023 NFL season. And it's one of the most difficult and challenging ever. And I, I enjoy it. I've enjoyed it, even though. I'm going to win significantly less championships than I did last year. Um, I think I'm only in, I think I'm technically in four leagues still, including one championship game this coming. Yeah, so it's not that bad. It's uh, somehow a lot of shitty teams that I, it's what I told you guys in the beginning. For me personally, a lot of teams advancing in the playoffs to the second round, or like I said, one championship game already. Um, and uh, my teams are terrible. Like they're, I mean, again, two of my teams were, I think, six and eight. Yeah, six and eight and got in the playoffs. And now I'm causing havoc because my team is better than that. Squeezed in, but it's better to be six and eight and your team is strong to make a challenge than to be eight and six or nine and five and kind of limping in and like trying to, who do I start every week? I don't know. Like that's, I tell you this every year. But yet everybody overreacts to weeks four, five, six, seven, eight. You know what I mean? So um, there you go. But the other thing with that, it, it, like going back to like Arthur Smith, like here, let me give you a checklist. I've been saying this on the XM show and I telling our members at fantasyguru.com, this is the greatest NFL offseason there's ever going to be, right? I'm actually strongly considering doing a daily show just on the NFL offseason. And I don't just mean on XM. I mean, like, I'm, I'm thinking of doing, like, podcast hits and, and shit like that. Like, it's going to be fantastic because we're going to get a complete wipe out of coaches. Here's my list of coaches that I think will be fired or at least should. Because Arthur Smith probably is not going to get fired, though. Fuck, it really has to. The Saints. I don't give a shit if they squeeze in the playoffs or not. Saints got to get rid of Dennis Allen. Just that's it. The, the, that team needs a new direction and needs to start immediately. The Chargers already fired their coach. Washington, obviously, is going to move on from Rivera. I don't think Ron Rivera's a bad leader. I don't. But And honestly, the offense side of the ball, not really the problem there in Washington. But I'm sure new ownership, they're going to press the restart button there. Carolina already fired their coach. The Raiders already fired their coach. Atlanta needs to move on as well. And the Chicago Bears, they are a much improved team right now. You can see it. That defense is legit. It's turned around uh, unbelievably uh, over the last six weeks, seven weeks, ever since they got Montez Sweat, right? And you have Justin Fields. You prob probably have the number one pick. You could have two top five picks. Most likely you'll have two top five, two six, top six picks in the upcoming draft. So no matter what it is, I mean, the Bears' future looks good, but they need an offensive-minded coach. They really do. And I doubt they actually do it. At this point, Eberflus is going to get another year. That's what I think, but they should go. So what is that? 
Saints, Chargers, Falcons, Commanders, Jets, Panthers, Bears, Raiders. Was that nine? Nine teams, eight teams. I got eight teams. Yeah, eight need eight teams looking for coaches. There were five only last year. And remember, there were 16 new offensive coordinators going to this year. There's going to be even more than that because some will move up, become head coaches. Some will get fired. They, they already removed guys like uh, uh, Matt Canada. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? And by the way, that's just my list of who needs to go. I absolutely could see Sean McVay walking away, Bill Belichick walking away, mutual partying of ways there. I could absolutely see that happening. Matt Vrabel, there's a lot of talk about him replacing Belichick. If that job opens, that could be another job that's open. Robert Sala, obviously. Well, I already mentioned that was part of my eight. Uh, the Jets need to wipe that whole situation clean as well. So that's one. Tampa's played a lot better. So Todd Bowles might get another year. Another year himself, which is kind of a surprise. Kind of a surprise right there. But that's another one. Brian DeBall likely is going to stay. I mean, I don't, the Giants won't fire him, but you never know if he ends up moving on to somewhere else, too. All right. That's a guy I'd love to see in Chicago for Justin Fields. That'd be a nice fit, but. Um, so I mean, there there could be as many as eleven jobs opening this NFL offseason, which is just crazy. And obviously, all the shakeup at offense, defense coordinators as well, and at college football, going to be a wild offseason, folks. That is for sure. So, uh, other takeaways from this past week, um, you know, finally lost in DFS. I had a monster, another monster betting week. The DFS stuff, uh, you know, I, I just, I made the mistake. I was in on Saquon Barkley, like all the way in. I didn't pay up for Christian McCaffrey. And ultimately that was my demise. Now I know a lot of folks, if you had, this is the difference I think between a veteran DFS player, a, a veteran fantasy player. A loss is a loss. All right. I get it. I know what happened. I know why. I'm not going to change anything. I was in the right spot. I was on the right players, right? Ultimately, like the tight end scored zero. That kind of sucks. <laughs> um, should have gone different direction, of course, duh. But I'm not gonna, I wouldn't change anything. For one, it's the same strategy. It's the same temperament. It's the same. Um, it's the same process i guess we'll say i was trying to avoid saying process but it's the same one that has got us 10 wins already out of 16 or out of 15 weeks right so like oh things are really not going that bad and thus i'm just not going to overreact to any of it all right so um betting has been really fucking good just really fucking good. I went through, I, I don't, I'm trying to find my paper. I totaled it up and I, I wasn't planning on necessarily going there, but just this, just a little note. Um, so I had that down stretch week seven through nine. Uh, I've talked about it. 15 and 30 minus 14 units. Since that time, 10 weeks, since week 10, 12 and nine, 16 and 12, 20 and 10, 10 and 10, 13 and eight, 13 and five this past week. 
84 and 54 record, 61% winning percentage. And in that span, that's up over. Uh, I didn't write the units. Oh, 17.8 units. You know, pretty freaking, really freaking good. You know, let's be honest. That, that's a really good run. Uh, the, I've never had a losing betting NFL season. And it's sure as shit not going to happen anymore. You know, <laughs> we're worried. I know I worried some of our members. You know, people like, follow me. I get it. You have to stay with it. It's why we keep our bankroll secure. It's why we keep our process tight and don't let money fly out the back door in DFS seasonal even or in betting because when you do then all of a sudden the numbers in, in the actual winnings don't don't total up the way you'd want if you start throwing like i did a live in-game bet i bet on the panthers to win uh in game with our members over fantasyguru.com uh five minutes left in the game i said i saw i went into the FanDuel app and i saw plus 200 to win i'm like fuck they're, they're gonna win this game I could tell Atlanta was shot. You could just tell last week and uh, made the live bet and obviously made the people that followed uh, some good money there. But again, that's not something I do on the regular. If you did on the regular, most likely you're going to give back too much. And I don't want to give back anything. That's responsible gaming. That's responsible bankroll management. So there you go. Um, all right. I'll get to the bet of the week. Passing matchups. Trenches, best matchups, all this available, fantasyguru.com under our data section. Get over there, check it out. I'll talk, give you a little week 16 preview coming up in a bit. I want to talk about, though, something that's important to me, something that I love, and it's Christmas. I fucking love this holiday, man. I just love it. So here's why I've talked about it before. To me, it's about more than just baby Jesus or Santa Claus or kids and family. It, it's all of that, right? It's, and I don't care what it means to who, you know, I like that it means something to as many people as it means to. That's what I care. I don't care. People always try to argue, die hard's a Christmas movie. Okay, fine. Fucking uh, anything could be a Christmas movie. I don't care. Fucking Armageddon could be Christmas movie. I don't care. Like what you like, bros. Like what you like, do what you do. And it's cool. What I like about the Christmas season, it's a snapshot of where you're at at that point in time. Right? It's also, I've set up a lot of Christmas traditions in my family. A lot of, you know, we, we just do certain things. And my kids took to it. And, uh, my family, even extended family, uh, come along for some of our traditions and things that we do. And it's fun to share it. And it's great with my in-laws even, and my goddaughters and, you know, like my brothers and sisters who are all not now down here in, in Arizona, we get to share and that's, it's fun. Like it's a good time. And it, that's what it means to me. And um, I hope it does to you too. Uh, and if not, I, I hope there is something in all of you that you find joy in, right? Like I, I hope that, I don't know if it's 4th of July, you like the summer months, you like Easter, you like, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the birthday shit. I think birthdays are the most overrated things ever. But you know what? God love you. You love your birthday. You love your birthday. Yay, you were born. Wee. You know, um, whatever it is, I want, I think a lot of us said this on the XM show the other day, and I really mean it. Man, 
you know, we all deserve to be happy, right? I think maybe we forget. We get so locked in on our own lives and what we've all been through and the struggle we all have and, you know, money's tight, people bitching at us. And and we forget that when we start taking it out on other people, we're taking it out on other people who are equally deserving as us, maybe even more so, more deserving of a good time than we are. We see a snapshot of their life. They cut us off on the road or, you know, they're, they're a store manager at a Target and we just get fucking pissed off. It's like, why are we, don't get pissed at them. They're just people doing what they have to do. And every one of you listening and all of us deserve that happiness, right? Now we don't deserve it though at the expense of others. That's the thing. We need to find it. You need to find what, makes you happy and, and embrace it and do it. Family, friends, you know, food, there are people, the foodies. I, I, I don't care about food at all. I think it's all dumb, right? That's my personal opinion. But if you love food and you love the taste buds and how something blends, then great. Do that. That's what's important. And for me, that that is the holiday season. It's a Christmas season. Um, I think that why I'm like this. I've thought a lot about it. I, I'm not sure why I'm so passionate about it, but I do think that I've shared a lot of my background, <clears throat> a lot of growing up and things. And I, my family, I mean, dirt poor wasn't, doesn't even really describe what we were. We were destitute in reality. My parents married young, had started having kids. Like my brother's 64 years old. Right. I mean, he is, he's old. He's the same age my dad was when he passed away. And that means a lot to my brother. And I know it worries him a lot, you know, and it shouldn't. He's a healthy guy and always did, took care of himself and all that. But it's the, you know, it's a concern. My parents had a real tough time. My dad was in the Korean War. My mom, you know, was 18, 19 when they married. Um, didn't really like her parents. So kind of married my dad to, get the fuck out of the house kind of thing and the family happened and like it's like life came at them and my dad by the time i came around late 70s it was terrible my dad lost his job uh, my mom went to work and drove a school bus and they didn't make any money uh, i've said it many times i filled out college you know uh loan applications in like 1995 and my parents combined income was the most it had ever been and it was like $31,000 combined. And that's rolling fucking hardcore good. That was the absolute tippy top, right? That was up like five grand from the previous year or two. Like we were rolling at that point. And it just wasn't good. We were never in a great situation. And the thing that when I look back at it, it was really my mom doing it. But I got to give my dad some credit. He wasn't like I am like getting buying the presents and stuff, but my mom always made things work. And even like now I'm kind of suspicious. I think my mom probably stole some shit. I, I'm almost positive. Like I remember like she got arrested by Montgomery wards one time and it, I don't, it was winter, but I don't think it was around Christmas, but supposedly is for, I guess an uh, credit application or something. I don't know. We didn't have shit to show for her. I don't know what the fuck she did. And she was back like that night, but I was left alone at the house 
because she said my brother was home asleep upstairs, which he wasn't. I was like six years old and they, they took her in handcuffs, like right from my rug in the kitchen uh, laundry room, technically of our, our home. I was like, that was it. You know? So like, like that was the upbringing, but my mom made magic. I, I have never had a bad Christmas. I always got more than I ever could have imagined. And it's not just getting things. I, you know, we didn't have a lot. There weren't a lot of number of presents, although I think they did spoil us. Um, but they, it was just time and we made a moment, right? So let me share some of my favorite Christmas memories uh, with everybody. I'll do my top five, begin my top fives here. Um, number one, and I'll, I'll just start with the one. Normally I go five to one on the XM. I'll go one to five on this one. Number one was sitting with my mom in a quiet room in the living room. I don't even know what ages I was, but and different songs were played. We always had Christmas music playing. They oh, my mom and dad loved the Christmas music and just watching the tree. My mom would sit quiet and just stare at the tree. And we used to have these bubble lights, these bubble lights. They were, they be, I think they outlawed them because they started fires and shit, but she loved those bubble lights and she just watch it, listen to Christmas music and the silent night would just like, that's the memory I have watching that with my mom and uh, just in a quiet house, just, just totally quiet. My dad wasn't around. He was working and my brothers and sisters were all older. They were all doing it. It was never anybody in the house. Me and my mom just sitting there and I would sit there and think of like being like a six, seven, eight year old kid in the quiet like that. Listen to Christmas music, just doing nothing but staring at lights. But I don't know. I, it's a great memory. And at, at the time, I don't, I never appreciated it. But fuck, man, my mom passed away in 2011, 2012. And some of my best memories is just just those quiet Christmas time nights everything was dark and you know that that was just watching the tree um here's a funny one uh, one year it was around the same time and this is before i knew anything about santa claus and all that stuff my brother and his friend i snuck downstairs i um for those i slept in a closet on a lawn chair for like three four five years i think it's like four years three or four years that I did this and I snuck down. So it was terrible. It wasn't comfortable, all that stuff. Um, Cause we didn't have a bed. I didn't have a bed right for like from the crib. So I outgrew the crib. Like I went into a lawn chair and that's where I sat or I slept uh, at nights. And one day and the Christmas Eve, one time I woke up, I had no idea what time it was, or at least I don't remember. I went down and I saw the presence all the presents were out under the tree. And I was just like, oh my God. I was so, and I went to sleep in our, um, it was like, a, I guess a hallway or it was like the space to go from the hallway to the kitchen. Um, like by the front room where the tree was, well, sometime late, about three, two, three in the morning. And we used to wake up super early Christmas morning to uh, open presents. My mom used to, my mom, True story would wake up at 3 a.m. every single night. All I'm telling you till like six months before she passed when she got too ill and washed the floors on her hands and knees, wash the kitchen floors every day, scrub them, wash them, everything. She would clean and sanitize everything every single morning, Monday through for Sunday, all every day, three o'clock in the morning, she would wake up and do it. 
crazy when you think about it. But my brother and his friend came back, came back to the house and a guy named John, uh, I won't say his last name, but a uh, good family friend lived with us when his parents kicked him out, you know, years uh, when I was really young, great guy to this day, good family friend, but they were drunk and laughing and crashing and made the biggest ruckus. And they both tripped and fell into the presence and smashed fucking coffee table glass fuck and they laugh and i'm sitting there i run out to see what the fuck and these guys are laughing and, and hysterical and my dad fucking exploded on my brother and i mean when i talk about throw and my brother is a dwarf for those who don't know um He's developmentally and mentally disabled. Um, I've cared for him since my parents have died. Uh, but, you know, lived normal life and worked and everything his whole life. He's 62 years old himself. And um, watching my dad kick my brother's ass and his friend, like, I'm my dad was a big motherfucker, uh, was wild. On Christmas morning like that, <laughs> I will never forget. I know it's probably not funny to some people, but surreal when um crashed presents broke shit that we couldn't afford my mom didn't buy I mean, it was just a fucking abomination so they made him get up at like four o'clock my brother slept for like an hour or two after that passed out drunker than a skunk and they made him get up and every present he could barely stay away he was passing out like and he would just kiss every present mm -hmm. pair of underwear mm -hmm kiss every single thing he was miserable and they kept him up and kept him up like all day. They kept him up because of what he did, like pure fucking torture. <laughs> I don't know why was, I did my top five memories. That was it. Um, speaking of which another memory for me and that this is my favorite Christmas memory, probably. And one that to, it, it was so after that um, talk about childhood, my parents lost our first house. We were, um, they were underwater. I, that house that I, well, we grew up originally in apartments and shitty Southside area, eventually moved into like a house out in the suburbs and my parents lost the house. It was underwater. They bought it for like 15 grand and they had mortgaged it up to like fucking 80,000. Right. Like they mortgage and refinance and second loan and third loan and all the shit you, they did throughout the eighties and it came time. We were just so underwater. My oldest brother was getting a divorce at that time. Um, and in like 1990, we all moved in together. My mom, my dad, my oldest brother, my other brother, myself, my oldest brother's fiance who became his wife shortly after moving in. Like all of us moved into a house together and it was magical. It was just incredible because like to be out of that, my brother saved my parents. And I don't think he gets enough credit for um, for that. I think he, he doesn't he doesn't give himself. That's another thing, by the way, like uh, I talk about my family like this and my family, like my I, my brother, for instance, doesn't give himself enough credit for what he did to help. You know what I mean? And that's what I mean from all of you. You know, you live life the right way, you do the right thing, and the world kind of kicks us down to people that do the right thing and help each other out. And 
mean well and try you know we're not all perfect i'm sure fuck you on the side of the road or like flick somebody off on the you know somebody cuts us off or whatever but we've done good things and you need to take some self-pride you don't need to post it on the fucking internet you don't need to broadcast hey look how good i did i helped a guy who you know needed something heavy don't you know we don't need to do that just do it and feel it in our, our fucking hearts Cause that helps. I know my oldest brother's had depression. I know it, you know, lost his wife. Wife passed away a couple of years ago. He moved from, uh, we moved him out here to Arizona when that happened. Um, he was in Myrtle beach at the time and his, he owned a grocery store and everything. And, you know, and I could tell he just doesn't value himself. Right. And it's sad to watch, but he saved our fucking family made it so that I had a lot better upbringing than I ever would have through the contrary. But we were all in this house and we, he had a camcorder, my oldest brother. And that year just, he recorded fucking everything on VHS tapes, full length VHS tapes. And to this day, we still, I still have the tape. I own that tape and we try to get once a year, even in Arizona here, my brothers and sisters, we get together and we watch that Christmas. It's the only one we really have memory of my parents. My dad was, this was before my dad was diagnosed with cancer. My grandfather who passed away literally two or two weeks, three weeks after that Christmas was in this video. My sister was pregnant with my third nephew at the time we didn't even know it at that time like all these things happen and it's just wild watching just everybody hanging out and listening to christmas music and they're all drinking and i'm a kid and trying to like sniff around the presents and people telling me and it, it's just uh that's a great memory and you know we all take videos with our phones i'll take videos with our phones how many of you actually go back and ever watch them though post them on facebook to watch, do you ever watch them? I'd recommend doing it, especially if you lost somebody. It, it can do your heart a lot of good. I know it does for me. Seeing my mom and dad is like, wow. It's been a long time. My dad died in 99. I've been alive longer without him than with him, you know, by a good deal. And, uh, you know, my mom's been gone for over 10 years. It's It just is there's a, a fulfilling, a fulfillment there that you're like, okay. So, I love watching that video. My brother, there's a moment when they went out to get firewood. We had a fireplace in this house and stuff. It was a nice, you know, nicer place. And uh, my brothers were out. I was actually filming at the time. And my brother was, um, my, both my brothers were out getting firewood. And one of them said, there's a dog starts barking in the distance. I think it was actually a wolf. Like, oh. my brother <laughs> throws the, firewood and runs around and it's just like the funniest thing we've ever seen in our lives but um that was awesome great memory another one uh, i remember a whiteout blizzard i drove from the suburbs lombard illinois i drove from there to kenosha wisconsin my in like oh four oh five one like one right around there to get my oldest daughter a Baby Alive doll. This was a hot gift. It was the Tickle Me Elmo of that year. It was impossible to get. Um, and I got in touch with somebody on the internet, which was very rare back in those days. And the only we arranged at a parking lot meeting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. 
and I made it a transaction and I, but I drove in a fucking blizzard up I-94 fucking lights out. And it was the day before Christmas Eve, I believe it was either Christmas Eve or the day before that evening. And what would have been like a four hour round trip ended up taking like eight or nine hours just to get and slipping and sliding all over the fucking place. And, um, but doing that, you know, one of my first real big tasks as a parent and a lot of the parent you guys know who are parents out there. I was like, man, you never think you'd go to those depths. You know, you're like, ah, I'd never do that. That's stupid. But when your kid wants something, it's just another level makes you do crazy shit. Um, another one when I still lived in Illinois was flat tire. I got flat tire on Christmas Eve. And that, this is one of those moments too. Like I had a terrible day at work. I was working in like Arlington Heights, Illinois at the time and fucking all hell breaks loose. It's Christmas Eve. We've got my, my son was just born the third kid. My daughters were still very young and I had to work super fucking late, right? I was always a, I became a supervisor and I used to be able to get out whenever I wanted. This was one of those days, everything fucking happened. Get in the car, nobody's around. It's like night, it's already dark. It's like six o'clock at night and I got a flat tire on Lake Cook Road, like a blowout and completely in my wife was at her mother's house in like downstate in DuPage County, had to come back. We lived out west in the, in the Kenry County, which is very fucking far. I had to you know, call out. I didn't have, I went to get the uh, tire on and the tire was flat. The donut tire on my truck was flat. And I had no, so I had to call a tow truck, wait for them. Long story. We ended up kids. My wife came out, got us. We left the car, had it towed. So we didn't have a second car. We ended up not getting our food. We ate Taco Bell like for dinner that night at like 9.30 or something like that. And like a real miserable, awful day. But for some reason, and that's another thing, message I want to get across that that was kind of the best too. You know, and for you that are young parents out there or even young, you know, any young person starting out, I guess it doesn't matter your age, but man, it gets better. You look at those tough times that you had, and that's why I love Christmas because it always I have the memories. It's, it's a snapshot for my brain, and so those times you get through it, you get through it, and then you look back on it with like fondness that you never in those moments ever thought you would have, and that is one that always will stand out to me. Uh, and then my my fifth memory my first Christmas in Arizona I was really worried about it. I love Christmas so much and I like the snow and I just wanted to get away from the snow though uh, you know I, I like it in theory but driving on it and shoveling it every fucking day and having the wind blow after you it was terrible and I wasn't sure what we got into my first Christmas in Arizona was eye-opening I'm like man you guys know how to live if you think if you're living in a northern state where it's super cold and you think there's Christmas lights out there everybody down here is Christmas lights. Everybody does it up to the nines. There are so many Christmas spectaculars with lights and festivals and shows and fests. Things, the things that other places do in the summer, we do during the Christmas season down here. And it's just unbelievable. I'm in a shorts and t-shirt right now 
And I went walking right before I started record this, like outside. It's just a beautiful thing. And I remember my first time shopping down here and like they pipe in the whole parking lots. It's palm trees with speakers tied to them playing Christmas music. And I was just, I was like, shit, man, come a long way, buddy. And uh, that's one of my fondest memories as well. Let's get into more top fives. I'll uh, less poetic and more uh, talking still talk about the best matchups for week 16 coming up here in a moment. Favorite people ask uh, favorite Christmas movies. Uh, pretty, pretty standard list. My top five, uh, you, they they'll be different on the XM show. Cause those who don't know on the XM show, we kind of rotate, make sure we don't take everything, but it's a wonderful life is my all time favorite. It's probably my favorite movie of all time. I just, it's the best movie I think ever made. I love it so much. It tells you meaning of life. It's just crazy good. Christmas Vacation, my second favorite. A, a Christmas Story is my third. It's close between those two. Elf is my fourth. I love that one. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. And you, fifth on my list, 8-Bit Christmas. It's a new one. It probably, I don't know if you were, if you're around my age and Nintendo was a big thing uh, as it was, and you grew up around that time, you'll identify it with this. Not only that, like it's set in Batavia, Illinois, a place where I have copious amounts of family. Like Ted Schuster lives close. Like, I mean, my family lives in Batavia. Like it's wild. Like it's so just perfect and it's such an identifiable movie that I just love so much. Uh, underrated, most underrated Christmas movies. Um, Four Christmases, Vince Vaughn. Um, Vince Vaughn's done a couple, Fred Claus. Ugh. Four Christmases has some great lines. When Robert Duvall said, you think I'm going to let some you know, sex pervert come in my house, sniff around my underwear. Oh, no, you got to We put. I think that's a hilarious line. Flip the tube by Favreau is a hilarious line. There's a lot of just good lines. It's, it's identifiable for those who have to travel around on Christmas as well. Um, my number two underrated movie, Polar Express. If you have kids and you don't do a Polar Express night, dress in your pajamas, hot chocolate, watch the movie. We do it. I mean, my kids will be embarrassed that I announced this, but my kids are. 21, 19, and 13. It's their favorite, one of the favorite nights of the year. They love it. They will pass up going out with their friends that night. What day are we doing Polar Express? And we just do a whole thing. Um, third, the, uh, the Family Man, underrated pre 9 11, New York City. Nicolas Cage, Taya Leone, in, you know, very a wonderful life esque where, you know, he's got a, it's, uh, um, What's uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he comes back. He was a bum robbing a liquor store. Um, Nick, uh, Nicholas Cage gets involved and sends him a glimpse of what life would have been like if he didn't get on the plane. It's a really touching movie and a very well done movie. Yeah, I really think that's underrated as well. Um, Scrooged, Ted Schuster brought this up the other day. It's a good one, Bill Murray. And, you know, it's a Christmas carol told in a sort of modern setting, even though it's from the late 80s. So it's a little outdated at this point. And here's one that you'll never nobody will ever believe that I'm saying it's called Holidate. It is one of the and don't roll your fucking eyes, you little bastards. Um, Here's the thing. You want to be married 23 years 
Like I, you have to concede some things. You have to give in on some things. So you can't just watch, oh, watch sports. That's all I want to do. Well, yeah, you're not going to stay married long doing that. So there's give and take. This is one that I was fucking dead against. I didn't want anything to do with it whatsoever. My wife's like, I hear good things. I hear good things. Finally, I watched it like a year ago, maybe two years ago. I got to say, it's kind of fun. It's just uh, a couple that don't have luck in love. It's a, it's a rom-com. But they meet like at Christmas or right after Christmas and say they'll go on dates together just on the holidays so none of their friends or family give them shit. And they do a fucking phenomenal job. It's a good movie. It's one of those movies that as a dude and who doesn't like rom-coms, you could live through. It's hokey. It's cheesy. Yeah, but there's some laughing, you know, funny parts in it as well. So thus, it's my underrated movie. Fuck you, you judgmental pricks. I know what you're saying. Um, uh, what else do we got? Let's go uh, TV shows, favorite, because uh, these are different TV specials and Christmas ones. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas is to this day um, my favorite, right? It's just an unbelievable Real well done, Charles Schultz and the Peanuts uh, um, gang, you know, doing their whole, you know, thing. And I love the Linus part. I don't know so much to it where when Linus gets up on stage and like everybody wails on Charlie Brown and he gets up there and says the whole thing. And I could say the whole thing. And there were the same country shepherds in the field, keeping the watch of the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and glory shall round about them. And they were sore afraid. That's my favorite part when he said, they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, bring you tidings of great joy, which should be all people. For unto you in this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall be wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of the heavenly praising host God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Also a great line in that one is, see, that's fucking top of my head, motherfuckers. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Brownest. I love that one as well. And I just like that Charlie Brown got to pick me up. And the tree didn't matter. And, you know, that bitch Lucy wasn't, you know, kick, you know, swapping the football out and wailing on him like she always does. How the Grinch Stole Christmas is one of my favorites. Um, that's my number two. A very Murray Christmas. Guys, you got to look this up. You like Bill Murray. If you like the Christmas song specifically, a lot of cool cameos. Chris Rock pops up in this one. It's an hour long on Netflix. I watch it probably 17 times a season. I love it. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I'm a sucker. Those memories for me coming home, getting off the school bus, coming home, first day of Christmas break, and like Rudolph would be on that night. Oh. Just the fucking best. And then uh, my fifth favorite is Santa Claus is coming to town. And not for the reason you think. I actually think this is garbage. But me and my kids and wife, we sit there and we watch. We have a tradition where we go through all. We watch all of these shows. We rip on this show. Number one, the lady who becomes Mrs. Claus gets ginormously fat. Like she plumps up like, wow, she lets herself go completely. We wail on that. There were parts in that where he screams at the kid, the guy who becomes Santa Claus. 
You know, it, it, it's just hilarious in some parts. The Burger Meister Meister Burger was a complete asshole. Oh, toys, toys, toys. I, I just, uh, um, I'm telling you why. He screams that at the kids at one point and just fucking love that. So that's my fifth favorite, mostly because we make fun of it and just we laugh our asses off at this point. Speaking of uh, Christmas traditions, let me give you a list of that. Top five Jeff Mann's favorite Christmas traditions, things that maybe you guys could you know, find with your selves, family, friends, or what have. Um, one, we, every season, we make a list. And we get made fun of by the rest of our family because we have a plan. And when you have adult kids, you know this. But even when we didn't, our kids weren't adults, we, we make a plan where, and it's all around my schedule, basically, with times that I could fit in, like sneak out one Tuesday night here, one Wednesday night here, Saturday afternoon here and we go see Christmas lights or, you know, we go to the, uh, um, uh, you know, the temple up in Mesa, Arizona, and we go see all the lights there. We go to all the, the houses that ha you walk through and, you know, illumination, which is at the Los Angeles angels spring training stadium. It is an amazing I don't even know how many lights, but you drive through it. The kids hang out the sunroof and out the windows and music playing and everyone. It's just a blast. We do that. We have a schedule of when we go because you have to buy tickets in advance and stuff like that. I love that one. Other things that we do, the Christmas song game I've talked about, we put on Sirius XM's Hallmark station and we each get a pick. You go around, lowest total on the board picks, and like white Christmas is always the number one pick because it's the one most played. And then I think like a Christmas song is two silver bells, three winter wonderland four. yeah. Any comedy, but you pick that song. And as we're driving, whether we're going to get lunch or drive or wherever we are, if we're all in the car together, you keep points and a running total. So as of this recording, we still got like a little under a week left till Christmas because the game ends Christmas night. I'm getting my ass kicked. Although I did have a, a good weekend. I think I picked up two points. So I'm out. Of, I was last place and now I'm got like five right now. But my one daughter's running away. I think she's got 10 or 11 just running away with the damn thing right now. But that's a, that's a fun thing to do in the car. And, you know, something you, you keep your eye on and what as you're talking and, you know, the, what song comes on and everything. Um, so I love that. Um, we get, when we were in Illinois, we started doing a special Christmas Eve dinner. My wife would make it, made lobsters, lobster tail. And that was just like, oh, the greatest. Um, and then like the kids would always get whatever they wanted, pasta or something. So my wife would make this big ass dinner for us every Christmas Eve. And eventually that's one other thing, boy, by the way, guys, which I know majority of our audience is guys. Another, you want to take happy wife, happy life. Take shit off her plate, please. Don't be an asshole. Don't, please don't. I hope my listeners aren't assholes to their wives, girlfriends, fiancés, whatever. Don't be it. Be a man. A man to me, I learned this from my old man. Like you take care of the ladies in your life and you, you do the thing. You put yourself out sometimes to extremes just to make sure. And for my wife, she was working so fucking hard. I, I said, no more. We're done. We're not, we're not 
I'm not going to have you work that hard on Christmas Eve because she works so hard Christmas Day and she works so hard doing everything else. It's just not worth it at that point. So what we do now is we get lobster. We order out. You know where we get it from? I'll give everybody a hint. Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) Mike, we go to Outback Steakhouse and get carry out every Christmas Eve night, man. So I think that's a fun thing. I mean, to each their own, get whatever. But they have the steamed grilled lobsters. We get like seven of them or eight of them. And uh, and then my kids always want, well, one kid wants steak, another wants a burger. So we just get all that stuff. And it's part of our traditions, you know, get get those that dinner. But it's also like when we play the Christmas song game, we drive together to go pick it up. And my wife's not working, right? Cooking and cleaning and dishes and everything else, just too much. That's another thing for Christmas meals. It's if you are the type of person that loves cooking, and I get it. If you get excitement, then do what you got to do. But I go back to my uncle on Thanksgiving. Just take care of it. Just come in and say, listen, I'm going to spend a couple fucking hundred dollars. I'm going to get meal. Nobody's going to bring everything. My sister just called me literally this morning. Said, all right, what do you need us to bring? And I tell them the same thing. Nothing. You don't bring anything. You just come up. What would you like me to give? You want something. You want prime rib? We'll get prime rib. You know, you want green bean casserole? We'll get a green bean casserole. But nobody's fucking working, right? We will take care of it so that people could actually enjoy the day, right? That's what I want. I don't want people to feel put out. Did you get my pan? What about this? Where is it? Did you heat this at the right time? Oh, my God. It's enough work without that stuff. The other thing, the dice game. Um, another thing that I do at my Christmas parties, um, I play this card and dice game. I create, I come up with it. Something I love to do, by the way, is like create games and contests and stuff. I mean, if you listen to my early days on Sirius XM radio, I used to be able to do all that stuff, but you know, limited to two hours, don't have a lot of time for it. But I, so I created this game. It's just the cards and dice, it's dice. And basically, you pat, you roll. Um, I even I don't remember the rules. I wrote them down ten years ago when I created the game. You move things to the left, or you you could point to anybody depending on what number you roll. You roll two dice, the number. If you get snake eyes, you open a gift. I have two gifts for every person at the table, and as the host, I supply them. And basically, it's there are gift cards and lottery tickets. Okay. I have a gift card and a lottery ticket, all different amounts for the gift cards, all different places from fucking PetSmart to Target to Amazon. I just do all different gift cards, of all different denominations. And then we go around and you, but they're all hidden. They're in envelopes. You don't know what anybody's getting. You don't know what you have. You have no idea. And then you pass it around and you know, depending on the dice, you pass it. You could force somebody to open it. So then, oh, shit, that guy's got a Best Buy gift card. Oh, shit, okay. You know, and then you could steal, uh, you know, you could steal the unknown card. You could steal when it's been revealed. And eventually everybody stops. All presents are on, are opened. And then you get one round to steal. Um, and then after that, you're locked in. You get that. And then everybody could trade. It's like, I'll trade you my $20 Walmart for your $15 Ulta beauty supply, you know, or whatever the fuck. And 
it's a lot of fun. And and I added some wrinkles uh, a couple of years ago where I got like now hidden doors. And uh, this was kind of funny last year. Um, I have like three prizes, like three doors, like on the price or let's make a deal. And you could choose. You can either part of the gifts are these three doors and people, and then one of them is like a $50 bill or a hundred dollar bill. And I think it's a hundred. And then the other one is like a gift. Like last year was a Stanley cup, one of those hot cups that everybody likes. And the other one was an autographed picture of me. <laughs> the gag gift. And I think, you know, we actually have, I think there's actually five doors and another one was like a pair of underwear and something else. So you don't know what you're getting either. It's the wrinkle on that game. And it's a real big hit. Uh, the family loves it. Everyone's excited. I actually asked my son the other day. I'm like, what are you looking forward to? It's Christmas morning. Like, all right, outside of Christmas morning and presents, what do you look forward to? He goes, I can't wait to play the game, the the dice game. I love that. So that's another tradition. And my my last tradition that I like, I go back to my mom and something my wife and I do, and I make the kids do it too. And I don't think they don't love it, but no phones. Let's sit around the Christmas tree and let's just tell stories. I, I like to talk. That's why I'm in radio. And I like to just say, what was your favorite moments? You know, I, after everyone leaves on Christmas day, like what were your top five favorite moments of the day? What, you know, and there'll always be opening this present, opening that present, getting this. It's, but then when you force them to talk, they also say, Oh, remember when, you know, Aunt Donna did this or something, or, you know, or, you know, grandma said this and everybody cringed. And that's, that's great. That's just fun. It makes them remember those moments. And we sit in the quiet and do that. And uh, that's one of my favorite things. Um, all right. I'll get into football. One last thing I'll bring to you. Best TV show Christmas episodes. This is, if you're not that into the holidays, you don't want to watch all movies or all shows about it. Uh, a couple of things you need to do. Top five best television show Christmas episodes. The best ever is it's an always sunny Christmas. Always sunny in Philadelphia show. It's season six, episodes 13 and 14. It's an hour long because it's a to be continued. It's the funniest. And please watch it on Hulu where you can hear the unedited version. It's the funniest. It's the probably the funniest episode of television there's ever been. Better than the, the dinner party in the office. I'm telling you, watch it. You will fucking scream laugh. Scream laugh. Ted Lasso, Carol of the Bells. I just love it. Ted Lasso is so good-natured, so good-hearted. The Christmas episode, I was worried it was going to be a letdown. It was a tremendous success. A New Girl, LAX Christmas, Season 4, Episode 11. All They're all going to different cities and things, and I just love that. In that one, um, uh, Jess, the uh, Zoe Deschanel uh, lady uh, girl just goes through something. She does so hard, works so hard for everybody else to get hit their flights and get into it. Nobody realizes what she's going through until the end. It's a very touching, great show of friendship and camaraderie and all that. So that's a great episode. Family Guy um, has a lot of good Christmas episodes. Christmas guy though is my favorite season 12 episode eight. It's just, uh, it's just a scream. And it's also the one where they brought the dog back. Brian, who was Seth McFarlane's real voice. And he's the creator of the show for those who don't know. And 
the dog got killed off before spoiler alert and uh he gets he comes back in this episode and you didn't expect it because the guy from Sopranos Paulie Walnuts from the Sopranos comes in as the new dog like you don't expect the character to come back and I thought it was pretty cool and then one from my childhood different strokes everybody remember Santa's helper season 5 episode 12 where I was affected by this episode of television back in the day when I uh, would come home from school, different strokes, what's happening, different strokes are always on. And like, I would, I've watched every episode 13,000 times probably, but the Santa's helper one, they help out a homeless guy. They help. It's a guy from Saturday night live. Um, that was in this and long story short, they help him out. Um, and Arnold, that's the Gary Coleman character does all this good for them invites him over they spend they have dinner with him and all this stuff and later on that night he breaks in and steals all their christmas stuff and you know it, it's just a powerful episode and one that really affected me at a very young age too so that's my fifth favorite tv show i think it's the best christmas the fifth best christmas episode of any tv show ever damn I've got a lot more to talk about, but running out of time, I don't want to go on and on. I know most of you listen to this podcast for football and specifically football, but otherwise sports information as well. Hopefully you guys got something out of this episode and the Christmas talk, whether you like it or not, it, you know, it's not about that and you need to put those swords away and just find the things that make you happy either way. But uh, if you didn't, if they didn't, then fuck them, right? Those of you who tuned out, go fuck yourselves. You know, I don't want you to listen. How about that? Let's get into the uh, matchup report for week number 16. It's playoff time. It's do or die. I mean, you have no other choices. Um, best passing matchups, Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is still in the concussion protocol, and we hope he clears it. I know he's going to clear it. I don't, I don't buy the NFL. I just Fucking, they will do anything. And I, I saw this information the other day, and I brought it up on Sirius XM show and, um, about Trevor Lawrence in particular. Trevor Lawrence may be the most overrated player in NFL history. Why? Well, um, and I credit the 33rd team for putting this out on Twitter. And I mentioned it before how I've talked about Lawrence all year. I'm like, I still am optimistic, but I'm running out of patience. But in the first 48 starts, 48 games, right? Trevor Lawrence is 12,204 yards. All right. Player B, another quarterback, is 11,992 yards. So what? 250, 200 more, roughly. Okay. Um, 6.7 yards per attempt for Trevor Lawrence, 6.7 for quarterback B. 66 total touchdowns for Trevor Lawrence, 64 for player B. 35 interceptions for Trevor Lawrence, 33 interceptions for quarterback B. 20 fumbles lost for Trevor Lawrence. 21 fumbles lost for quarterback B. Quarterback rating, 85.5 for Trevor Lawrence. Quarterback B, 85.4. The, this they are They are the identical player who is quarterback B Daniel Jones New York Giants yes well he got a big contract right 
And I'm not saying Lawrence shouldn't. I'm saying Trevor Lawrence is more Daniel Jones than he is Justin Herbert or, God forbid, Mahomes or Josh Allen, right? He is not that guy. A good quarterback, yes, and not somebody that I, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm not going to move on from Lawrence, but he's just, we got to start admitting he's just not that good. That being said, I love him this week (laughs) against Tampa Bay. He is going to put people into the championship games. And Calvin Ridley, motherfuckers, Calvin Ridley, absolute explosion week against Tampa Bay. That secondary is god-awful and best passing matchup of the week. And I think Ridley is the guy. Also, if you're in a pinch, Parker Washington, easy in on the inside coverage for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, equally terrible. I wouldn't doubt if Parker Washington has himself a monster week as well. Seahawks against the Titans. Now, I don't know who's going to quarterback for Seattle. I don't think there's any difference. I think Drew Locke should be the starting quarterback. Geno Smith is nothing. He's been nothing. He had a great year last year, but it, he has not done anything this year. Drew Locke deserves that spot. But whoever it is, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, tremendous great spots against the Tennessee Titans. And then look at this. The Jets versus the Commanders. The Jets are the best matchup. The single, obviously, the Commanders are the worst pass defense in the league. Garrett Wilson, my friends. Garrett Wilson, you're going to win championships. This is why you shut the fuck up all year long because the guys that are going to bring you championships are Calvin fucking Ridley and Garrett Wilson. Two players folks bitched and bitched and bitched about, but if you were able to manage and if the other players took up, these are the guys that are going to bring you home. Best in the trenches matchups for week number 16. Bills against the Chargers. I think it's going to be another big James Cook week. Very impressive with what James Cook did, and they're going to run right over the Chargers. That's not even going to be a contest. The Eagles, of course, against the Giants, uh, the middle game on Christmas night. And then the Bears against the Cardinals, though, I'm not going to trust any of the Bears' offense. Last week, it was Roshan Johnson. The week before, Deontay Foreman. Maybe it's Khalil Herbert's time. I have no fucking idea. I'm not using any Bears, but it is one of the better matchups. All right? Um, Thursday night football. I always give out a bet for those games. Uh, oh, let me give out a couple players, by the way, because I did talk so much Christmas today. And I know people are going to write their letters. Just talked about sports more. Other players that I like a great deal. Um, I want to see what Houston does at quarterback. Are they going to go Case Keenum? But now, by the time you're listening to this, they may have announced it. But like, just the CJ Stroud news just came down the pike like a few hours before I'm recording this. So take it. Uh, um, Justin Fields moves up um, on my list. Trevor Lawrence moves up. Running backs that move up my board uh, this week. You know, obviously we'll have to, James Cook shot up like a dart. No question about that. Um, We'll see what happens with Josh Jacobs. If not, Samir White, even against Kansas City, these are RB1s. All right. Other players, Brees Hall uh, has moved up and um, Jalen Warren. That's my sleeper of the week. Jalen Warren, Pittsburgh Steelers against Cincinnati. I think Warren has a monster game. I really do. Wide receivers this week that uh, under the radar, at least Tyler Boyd, with Jamar Chase being out, uh, likely out. We don't know. It's an AC joint sprain. I doubt he plays this week. I really do. I just can't 
see that happening. But uh, like him, a great deal. Garrett Wilson, who I mentioned uh, before as well. Christian Watson. My anticipation is Christian Watson's back and Jaden Reed is out. I think Watson does damage against Carolina. If Watson's still out, then Donatavian Wicks is the fucking man. Just he is the freaking man right there. So, you know, pay attention to the news later on in the week. The under the radar tight ends to discuss. And Joku ain't under the radar anymore. Pat Fryermuth. Back to Pat Fryermuth. Mason Rudolph as the quarterback going against Cincinnati Bengals. Give up third most fantasy points to tight ends. We like that a great deal. Cole Komet, sneaky peaky against the Arizona Cardinals. Could be a big Cole Komet week again for the Bears tight end. All right. Uh, Thursday night football bet of the week. Unfortunately, like this is one that we don't know a ton. I'm here's what I like. I don't know why Saquon Barkley didn't run the ball more. I don't understand why that was last week against the saints. I also fear that Kyron Williams got a huge workload on Sunday and now he's come back on Thursday. They should run the ever-loving fudge out of the ball against the Saints. I believe Sean McVay is smart enough to do that. So I'm going to go to Kyron Williams' train, and we don't have the alt lines out as of this recording, but his rushing props are 89.5. Not going to take that. That takes a lot of cake. But going 60-plus for Kyron Williams on the ground makes a lot of sense to me. And then most likely... We'll combine that with um, – I'll combine that with a uh, – assuming Chris Olave is back and healthy and playing. His number is only 51 and a half. So a Chris Olave 40-plus yard alt-line parlay with Kyron Williams 70-plus is some – and I'm assuming because they're not out. I can't even look this up yet. I'm assuming that's going to be around a minus 110-ish bet. You know, and I think that's a good starting point for betting this slate. And um, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to go over on Cooper cup. I like cup. I think it's, he's back to being that alpha wide receiver in the Rams passing game. But again, I do think they're going to lean on Kyron in this one. And then if you still have a survivor team, God bless you. I'm so out of the survivor mentality at this point, uh, just because I've been out for a month and, who knows who you may have back, but I'll tell you some games that I do feel pretty secure about. And actually like the Jets, surprisingly. Assuming Zach Wilson starts, I actually like the Jets in that game. Green Bay, if you haven't used the Packers, they're going to win against Carolina. That is definitely something that will happen. I can't, like the other, I don't trust the Denver New England game. I don't trust that one. Uh, obviously, Baltimore San Francisco is a great game. I don't trust that one. Yeah, I just, I don't love anything else here, right? I think that the Jets, are the Jets, Green Bay are the ones to go with. Um, The Bears, the Bears are going to beat Arizona. It's funny, the Bears in Arizona are two teams that are seen in similar light, but under no, there's nothing similar about those two teams. Bears are a way better team than the Arizona Cardinals right now. They just are. 
And Cardinals aren't that bad either. I think that the Cardinals, this is one of the weirdest seasons because the worst teams in the league, Carolina is obviously the worst team in the league, but New England, Arizona, Washington, and then even the Giants, Jets, like everybody, none of these teams are really bad. You know what I mean? Like these aren't really bad teams. They're just not winning games. And I'll be, as a Bears fan, it's exciting because that's brilliant. Uh, that's the best thing you could have. Uh, two top five picks would be amazing, and we'll see. But I do think the Bears handle the Cardinals rather easily. Bears are just playing good football. So I guess that's the under-the-radar play in Survivor this week. All right, folks, that'll do it. Christmas episode in the bag. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Please give me some feedback if you can. Did you like this one? I took, you know, very introspective, a lot of personal stuff divulge in this uh this episode as well again hopefully you don't have to like christmas or be a, a fiend like i am to have gotten something out of this episode i think we balanced it out with football uh, as much as humanly possible as well so hopefully you guys enjoyed it i appreciate you downloading liking favoriting subscribing remember largest active community in fantasy sports fantasyguru.com uh our members are our family and that's why we, our retention numbers are the best in the fantasy sports industry. It's why I'm on there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. People hit me up all the time. My Manscaped Discord room, betting rooms, and the NFL hockey room. You know, we're always talking, helping each other win on the daily. And to get in the rest of the football season for 50 bucks, I mean, come on, what the fuck? If you don't win 50 bucks, I don't know. I'll eat my shoe. If you can't win $50 in eight, eight remaining weeks of football, including playoffs, fuck you'll win $50 in one game, one game. And that allows you to be part of the elite mafia. So get over there, support at fantasyguru.com. Use the promo code HOHO. If you just want to add it to your cart or do an upgrade or whatever, um, the join now button, the Christmas manscation, $25 off additionally to all the ready low prices. Ho, ho, H-O-H-O over there. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans everywhere else. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Folks, thank you very much for liking and favoring and subscribing and downloading this podcast, listening in every single week. Thank you for the support of me, our team, and our company at fantasyguru.com, the elite sports show on Sirius XM Fantasy. I really, Fantasy Sports Radio, that is. I really appreciate it. I wish each and every one of you a very Merry Christmas, a very happy holiday season, whether it's Hanukkah or uh, Kwanzaa or you're celebrating just the New Year's. Uh, it means the world to me that you took some time out to listen. I hope all of you have a safe, happy, healthy holiday season. I'll see you again next week. I'll have a full New Year's edition of One Man's Opinion. You may disagree with some or maybe every single thing that I said in today's episode. Folks, that's all right. We don't. I ain't mad at you because this was just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Deuces!